You're listening to the audio-only version of American RVer. To see the video podcast, go to AmericanRVer.com and click on the video link for the show on the homepage. Welcome to another American RVer. In this show, we start with a tech tip on maintaining your RV's batteries. Next, Bev Larson gives us the final renovation tip in our series. Finally, in our Friends Across America segment, we meet Ed and Sharon Bordeaux. So put your winter jackets away and enjoy the show because spring is just around the corner. Hello and welcome to this edition of American RVer. I'm Jim Gritch, and we thought we'd do something interesting with this show as we open it up. Um, it is March, and a lot of people are getting their RVs out of storage, getting ready to hit the road for a nice summer season. And there's a lot of maintenance things that you need to do. And the one we're going to talk about today is basically battery maintenance. Now, if you have a motorhome, a fifth wheel, a, a trailer, you have a 12-volt system probably in, in your unit and the 12 volt system can consist of a 12 volt battery, couple of 12 volt batteries, and maybe uh, a six volt battery, or maybe like in our case, we have four six volt batteries. Now, even though there's six volt batteries, it's still a 12 volt system. And um, these batteries are lead acid batteries. There are several different batteries you can have. Um, there's lead acid, there's AGM, which is the uh, letters for absorbed glass mat. There's also a gel cell and there is the lithium which is something new that they're coming out with for automobiles and for RVs. So something to uh, look for on the horizon. But we're going to talk about and concentrate on lead acid batteries right at this point. And I'll tell you a little bit about 6-volt batteries as opposed to 12-volt batteries. The reason they use 6-volt batteries at times, and in our case they do, and that's because that you get more plate area when you use 6-volt batteries. It's a series parallel type of circuit, which means that you take two 6-volt batteries and you put them in series. When you put them in series, you add up the 6 volts, which become 12 volts. So in our case, we have four batteries. So we have two that are hooked in series and two more that are hooked in series. Okay, so that gives you 12 volts out of those four batteries. Well, then you take those four batteries and you tie them together in parallel, which means you go from positive lead to positive lead and negative lead to negative lead. When you do this, you don't actually add the voltage, but what you do is you increase your amperage, which is very positive if you're doing a lot of dry camping, and it, uh, it'll hold the uh, battery charge for much longer with 6-volt batteries than with 12-volt batteries. So that is why a lot of times in heavier-duty systems, when you have a lot of 12-volt things that are using um, the power, they'll do 6-volt batteries instead of 12. Now, some of the things that run on 12-volt uh, would be lights. Uh, your water pump. There's even a 12-volt circuit rather that goes to your uh, refrigerator. And so it's a very important thing to keep these batteries maintained. And you need to maintain them on a monthly basis. Uh, you need to check your water level, you need to clean your terminals, you need to wipe off the battery, and um, you need to make sure all your connections are tight. And it's very easy to do that. In our case, we've got batteries that, since they're 6-volt, they have three cells each. And these have quick 
caps to them. So the cap just comes right off like that. Very easy to see inside the batteries. We have a pull-out tray on ours, which really makes it nice. And you go and you can fill these batteries by using a funnel. And you have to use um, distilled water. You don't want to use regular water because there's too many minerals in it and it could affect the plates in the battery. So get yourself some <clears throat> distilled water, get yourself a funnel, and all you have to do is put the funnel in and what I suggest is you always wear some kind of eye protection similar to this so that uh, you don't get any of the acid from the battery splashed up in your eye. And when you're cleaning up, it also prevents any kind of splash. Another thing you might want to do is you might want to use some of your hand saver gloves. And I have some right here. And that's always a good idea because you get acid on your hands and that could create a problem with your hands as well. And it also turns them yellow and you don't want to look like you have jaundiced hands. So <laughs> the thing to do is check your batteries once a month, as I said, make sure when you fill up the water, you fill it to just below the inside of the top of the battery. You don't want to fill it up to the top of the cap because then when it starts uh, heating up, when it's charging, it'll actually uh, release most of that water out in the form of uh, condensation or it'll just screw, uh, sh uh, shoot out the over overflow ports. So you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you just put enough water in it to cover the plates. And uh, every, about once a month, you are going to find that it, some of the water will evaporate. And so that's a good thing to check. Now, the other thing you want to do is make sure all your connections are tight. You can take a wrench and tighten them up each time. Just double check them. You also want to make sure that you don't have any corrosion in any of the spots. As you can see on these batteries here, we don't have any corrosion. These batteries are about three months old, so I went in when I changed the batteries and I uh, took a wire brush, I cleaned them all up, and then I put them all back together again. And I also sprayed them with an anti-corrosive spray that you can get at Napa and some of the auto parts stores. And uh, it leaves a little red coating on here, keeps them from getting corroded, and uh, does a nice job keep your batteries maintained and keep them functioning properly. Now, speaking of functioning properly, if you have a battery that is not functioning properly and you think that there's a problem with it, you can always check the specific gravity of that battery. And this is a battery tester, very inexpensive. It has, in this particular one, it has about uh, four balls. If all the balls are floating, that means that you're fully charged and the cell that you have sucked water up, this basically is just like a little syringe and you suck water up from the cell and it will show you that it's fully charged. If you only have one or two of the balls floating, then you've got a problem with that cell, especially if you had it on the charger. And if you do have it on the charger, you should let it rest. Take it off the charger for a couple of hours, let it rest, and then try this test. And that'll tell you if the specific gravity is good, and if it is, then your battery is good. If it's not, it's about time to replace that battery. And one of the suggestions I would make, if you're gonna replace one battery, you should replace the whole bank of batteries. And they're probably, in our case, they were about five years old. So you knew that even if one or two of them were on the border, the other two would soon become bad. So we replaced all four of them. We have a good charge now and uh, everything is working fine. So it's a great tip for you. I think you really, can enjoy yourself out there. If your batteries are maintained, everything will function well as far as your 12-volt electrical system in your RV, and you will be happy campers. So keep that in mind, 
and uh, we'll be right back with some more of the show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Bev Larson and her RV renovation tip. Are you looking for some free camping, fun in the sun, and the opportunity to check out one of the fastest growing membership park systems in the U.S.? Western Horizons will give you a complimentary 25-night stay in any of their 18 RV resorts across the country. Just go to the American RVer homepage, click on the free Western Horizons camping link, and download and print the front and back of your free certificate. Read the back of the certificate for all the details. Check out Western Horizons plus camp for free. Go to www.americanrveer.com for your free certificate. I'm Bev Larson, and I'm going to give you some interior renovation tips for RVs. I have a company in, in Lakeland, Florida called Classic Coachworks, and we specialize in all interior renovations for any kind of RV. I would like today to talk about your sofa. Lots of people want to change out that old, uncomfortable, dirty, forlorn, out-of-date sofa with a new one. Now, a lot of people will ask me, can I keep the sofa I have and just recover it, reupholster it, or buy new? And here are a couple of tips to use when you're trying to make that decision. When you're reupholstering, make sure that you like the sofa that you've got. It fits in the space, you like the style, it's comfortable for you, and really the foam should be in good condition. If the foam is not in good condition, you're probably better off getting something new because foam is expensive. Now, if you're going to have your sofa reupholstered, you need to, of course, pick your covering and have a good, experienced upholsterer do that. To, to upholster a sofa usually takes about 60 to 65 percent of the, of the budget that you would need to replace with a new sofa. However, if you do want to go to a new sofa, there are a couple of manufacturers who specifically make RV sofas. And an RV sofa is quite different than a sofa that you would have in a residential setting. First of all, it has to come through the door. So all of the sofas that you buy for RVs either have to come apart to go through that door or they have to jackknife out to be uh, stood up on their side to go in through that door. You basically have two main options for your sofas that would be your bed option. One is a jackknife bed where you actually sleep on the cushions that you sit on. The jackknife bed is not, generally speaking, the most comfortable sleeping bed, but if you are looking at a jackknife, make sure that the sofa cushions on the bottom and in the back are relatively smooth, not big and poofy, because then you'll have a better sleep. The other option is a tri-fold sofa bed, similar to what you've got in your house. You pull it out, you sleep on it, you can sleep lengthwise. It can be fairly comfortable, but to make it even more comfortable, you could try an air coil mattress. So there are just a couple of tips for you about buying or reupholstering your sofas. And again, I'm Bev Larson, and this has been Interior Design Tips. Up next, meet Ed and Sharon Bordeaux in our Friends Across America segment. 
RVers, listen up. Have you been wanting a new TV satellite system or that new Motosat internet uplink equipment? Cordell Sales and Service, based in Charlotte, North Carolina, is the premier satellite systems installer and repair center for the Southeast. Our mobile technicians do make house calls and will repair or install on-site. Call Cordell at 704-264-9486 or email mohotogo at cs.com. Connecting customers to satellites since 1995 with sales, parts, and service. Joining us on this edition of Friends Across America are Ed and Sharon Bordeaux. They come to us from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and that's someplace I've never been, so I'm excited to hear about that. Now, you guys are full-time RVers, and how long have you been full-time? About a year and a half. Oh, you're like babies in the business. Yes. <laughs> Yay. For, for full timing. We did motorhoming for many years, though. Uh-huh. Well, tell me about the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. We know it's up above Wisconsin, and you have to go across the Mackinac Bridge in order to get the rest to the rest of Michigan. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's that area like? It is a lot of wilderness. However, there is, like if you were to go all the way up to the tip, we do have Michigan Technological University up there. A lot of people are surprised to hear. They oh, think yeah. that uh, you know we didn't have any uh, thing but bears up there, but no, we do. <laughs> we do have universities and colleges, and mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people love it up there. They they uh, relate it more to like uh, the northern part of the state of Washington. Hmm. It's very similar to that. Mm -hmm. And it's right on the southern border of Lake Superior. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have all of that wild weather from the lake, I imagine, in the wintertime. Absolutely. There's a an island that you can get to from the finger that goes in the Lake Superior called Isle Royal. Mm -hmm. And that's very rustic camping. You can only get to it by boat. So it kind of gives you an idea as to where we are in Lake Superior. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's about as far as you can go in Michigan. I bet it is. It's a long trip. <laughs> well, I hope to see it this summer. I'm really excited about that. So how did you decide to become full-time RVers? Um, you know, it's just sort of fell our way by accident. We were in Arizona visiting my mom, who is a snowbird out in that direction. Uh -huh. And uh, we met with some friends from Michigan for lunch, and they were going to go to an RV show, but then the last minute they couldn't go for another because of another engagement. So we thought, well, let's go find out what that's all about. And it was like the bug just bit us right away as soon as we saw those motorhomes. And I saw my little dollhouse on wheels, and it was just, just took off from that. Yeah, these are little Class Cs that we were looking at. Yes. Oh, sure, okay. And they yes. didn't have slide-outs at that time. Mm-hmm. So they were just like 30, 31-foot RVs, yes. which are nice. Hey, that's how we started, a 24-foot Winnebago. We thought we'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> exactly. It was so yes. much fun. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so then we went back to Michigan, bought our first 28-foot, I think it was. Yeah. And the salesperson at that time said, you'll be back for something bigger. And I'm going, no, no, we love this. A couple of years, if that. It was a couple of years, yeah, yeah three, three mm -hmm. years, I think. We yeah. got a bigger one, you know, a 33, I think it was, one mm -hmm. day ago. And then we got this one seven years ago. And, and what is this you're traveling in? An, our, an adventure, Winnebago. Winnebago adventure. And, um, but we had decided a few years before he retired, we were going to sell our home and travel then in our motor home. So and, how, and so a year and a half ago you retired and you went on the road. I actually retired in 2006. But the economy being what it was, we couldn't sell our house. Oh, sure. So. 
we sold our house three years later. Mm -hmm. And that's when we decided to start traveling. In fact, when I retired, we were supposed to start traveling. But because the economy wasn't, I didn't sell my house right away. We had to postpone things. Sure. So. That happened to a lot of people, Jim and I included. So Did it we really? understand that okay. completely. <laughs> but that's okay because you do what you do. And then when you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, are you traveling <laughs> like two weeks in one place? Are you going someplace, staying for a month? What's your travel scheme? Our scheme is to, we have major goals or points that we want to um, achieve, things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, in between, we just play it by ear. Mm -hmm. Just get in the RV and go. And what are some of those places that you have said, I have to go see this? Well, we did want to come to McKinney, Texas to get new shades put into our mobile. Mm -hmm. into our RV mm -hmm. and I do want to get down to the furthest tip of Texas because we've already been down to Key West in Florida and then we've already been on the East Coast so we do want to get to the West Coast and this coming July we're getting up to Alaska. Oh fantastic! And so then the next real big one will be um, probably like Nova Scotia or someplace mm -hmm. over there or the furthest point in the United States on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens in between those boundaries <laughs> happens. And, and we just take our time. You know, if we feel right. we want to stay one place a week, we'll stay there. Or two weeks, we'll stay there. Or sometimes we're at one place and we like it and we haven't seen everything. So we'll extend it a while longer to mm -hmm. see things and just move on. And what does your family think about your vagabond ways? They're okay with that. Yes, our son was a little bit apprehensive because <coughs> he's a little bit more protective. But um, they know we have to do our thing with our life, and uh, so they're fine with it as long as we have, you know, cell phones and computers and Skype and everything else. We're pretty much plugged in. Yeah, very well connected. Yes. And have you had people fly to meet you places yet, or are you planning any of those kinds of adventures? Not yet. It was suggested to our daughter and and our son if they wanted to meet us somewhere to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, they haven't done that yet. One time when we were in Arizona, before we were full-timing, the kids... Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, one son, our son flew out there and our daughter and son-in-law drove mm -hmm. out there. So that was, it was nice. Mm -hmm. Now, do you expect to go back to Michigan in the summertime? Yes, we do. Yes. Ex except this summer, we won't get back there. That's right. We'll be we, in we won't be if you back. go to Alaska... You... Right. Yeah, we won't be back in Michigan until uh, sometime in September. Oh, okay. And that, the only reason we're probably going to be back there then is because we have our oldest grandson is getting married in October. Oh, that's nice. So. And then you're going to want to turn around and get out of there as soon as you can. After this year that. we're going to try. <laughs> yes, yeah. we were there until February this year and that was mm. it was a tough ride getting out of Michigan. Right, I bet it was. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, segment of American RVer. I sure do appreciate it. It's a pleasure to meet you guys and uh, happy travels. Thank you very, thank you very much. much. Yeah. all your satellite TV and internet needs, call Cordell Satellite Sales and Service at 704-264-9486.